Welcome to What Do You Know About? My name is Ash, and I will be your tour guide through the lesser-known stories of history. You can join us on your favorite podcast app, or come have a conversation on our Instagram at WDKA Podcast. But first, hold on tight, because we're about to go down a historical rabbit hole with today's episode. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hello, hello. I promised an extremely special guest today, and I'm making good on that promise. But first, a fair dues warning. Today's topic is going to include some deaths, possible sexual assaults, drugs, dangerous behaviors, those sorts of things. As we always preach, please use your discretion as you listen to take time for self-care during episodes like this. Hollywood scandals are rarely ever very clean, and there could be some triggering events described. I always do my best not to get too deep, but imagination is a fickle thing, so just be warned. On that note, I want everyone to give a very warm welcome to Stephanie from a fellow Canadian podcast called the Historia Podcast. Steph, say hello and introduce yourself to everyone. Hello, everyone. Um, Like said, my name is Stephanie, and I am the host of the Historia Podcast, which is a podcast to essentially tell the unadulterated, uh, you know, historical facts. And I try to talk about everything from the beginning until the end of time. So, uh, yeah, and the podcast is available on uh, Spotify, I, uh, Apple Podcasts, podcasts, all the fun stuff. So, <laughs> so <laughs> you know, just plug away. Plug, so, plug, like, plug, what kind of got you started into history, just so that everybody kind of has a general idea of who you are? <laughs> um, history has always been a very big part of my life. Um, one of my fondest memories and possibly one of my first memories is um, my grandfather taking me to the ROM, who is the Royal Ontario Museum here in Toronto. And he always believed that 
In order to know our future, you have to know and understand our past. Good advice. So, very good advice yeah. there. Very good advice. <laughs> um, so it's, um, I've always loved it and I've always been a huge bookworm. So love reading stuff about history and it's just something I've always gravitated more towards that and true crime. So yeah. Yeah. Here I am. <laughs> well, we're super excited to have you here, especially as another Canadian bred podcast and as Gothic sisters, as we found out in our conversations about our weddings <laughs> yes. this year. Yes. Um, and I know that you're extremely excited about our topic today. So shall we just get right into it? Yes, please. All right. Steph, what do you know about the Chateau Marmont on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles, California? Like, from before doing some of the research in prep for today. Honestly, the only thing I knew about was one death that we had spoken about. I'm not sure if you want me to talk about that now. Or we can talk about that one later. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's really the only death I've... The only thing I've ever actually known about this place, so... You just were intrigued by the scandal when I said that there's a scandalous. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I was so happy. I'm like, ooh, scandals. <laughs> well, my goal today is to go over the history of the chateau in kind of like a timeline order from its opening in either 1927 or 1929. There's conflicting sources to the date. Um, like all of the historical sources say it opened in 1929. But the actual Chateau's website says they opened in 1927. So I'm like, well, which one is it? Like, (laughs) Make up your freaking mind, people. Pretty much. I'm like, okay, well, it was definitely like they'd already started breaking ground knowing that they were going to make a hotel in 1927. So maybe that's where the hotel got its like okay. thing from is that they're like well or they when... did like a very long like soft open no because a pair because i do have something about or i think i read something about the actual like opening of it and that just before it opened they had like a massive party for um uh one of the women in town who had just become like the second woman on the se- in the senate or something to suffer but it was, that happened in 1929 and then the hotel opened to guests and i'm like i'm confused but whatever oh my gosh but we're not going to go into detail like about all of them and i will be skipping some events so so we can keep the episode fairly palatable timing wise (laughs) resources for this episode will be in the show notes including the book that i'm using as my main source called the castle on sunset by sean levy if you want to dig into the events and stuff like that after the fact I will give a word of caution, though. The events that are alleged to have happened in this hotel may or may not be the complete truth. From what we know with primary sources, I'll make sure to point out like the truth from the false and what might just be kind of totally unknown. There's also probably even more stories than what have been reported on hidden inside the walls of the castle or deep within the people involved. Just keep in mind that all these events happened in the heart of Hollywood, where celebrity gossip runs rampant. Unless there are receipts, we can't take anything for granted around these events. Yeah. Like, we have to have the receipt. If you say that you slept with this person, we can't (laughs) confirm or deny that. (laughs) Show me the pictures. Yeah, I'm like, I want to see the pictures. I want, like, a written note from both parties that say... (laughs) This happened on this date. 
Can you imagine if that's how you're going to show that you've slept with somebody in the future? Please sign this. <laughs> please sign this legal notice that we have on the, the dance of two beasts. Like that would be helpful. It would. That it probably would be very life. helpful for future historians. <laughs> Can you imagine though? If you're somebody that like you know, if you're if you if you like to like you know go around and like obviously if you wanna sleep with as many people as you want, go right freaking for it. Hell, a fucking movie for you. But can you imagine you like have to move out and you're taking like a stack like yay big with all of your legal notices for everyone you sleep Well, or at least like have something like. Like, I don't know, like, I want some sort of, like, documentation as to, was it consensual or not? Because, like, there's some things oh, yeah. where it's like, okay, this was a non-consensual affair. And it's like, oh. well, okay, but was it? Like, one person can say it's consensual, one person says it's not consensual. How do you know for sure? <laughs> there are a lot of senators in the States that would have to be shaking in their boots if that were something that would happen. A lot. That and a lot of, like, Hollywood producers since we're in L.A. right now. Yeah. Yeah, because the casting couch is like on flames at this point. Pretty much. <laughs> but with that being said, let's quickly look at the building of the chateau and how it became the place for to be for celebrities. As most of us history nerds know, the 1920s were considered the Roaring Twenties, and LA was one of the places to be. Los Angeles's population more than doubled in the decade, with approximately 75 ships a day coming in from Oregon and Washington to bring lumber for the rapid building of homes. Like, 75 ships is a lot to me. That is pretty freaking... And with, like, the lumber, like, how quickly did people have to get the lumber off of these ships to get then get them back out to sea so the next ship could come in? We could use some of that lumber right now to be building houses. Right? <laughs> A lawyer in the area by the name of Fred Horowitz stood on a hillside just west of Laurel Canyon Road and envisioned a grand castle sitting on that hill. The French Chateau-style castle would become the most luxurious apartments with a lovely panorama view of the surrounding area that had been barely developed yet. In 1926, when he stood upon that hill, there were only a few farmhouses, a general store, some restaurants, and the start of a five-story apartment building called the Hacienda Arms. Just standing on this hill and being like, I could put a castle here. Right here. Just right here. I'd love to do that. I'm just going to stand here on the top of this mountain and turn around in a circle to check the panorama views. <laughs> like... How did that work? Did you just like, you walk around now? the hill? <laughs> I I would like to imagine it as like, like a whole friend's like perspective. Like he's just there and he's like pivot, <laughs> pivot. That would be pivot. <laughs> like so. As I said earlier, it was a quick success upon opening, with more than 300 guests attending a party celebrating May D. Leahy, who was the second woman to sit on the bench for the Municipal Court of Los Angeles. So this is like in like 1927 or 1929. You go, girl. So I'm kind of thinking I might have to do an episode on her, because I'm like, I'm curious about you. Yeah, that's quite an accomplishment. Right? But when guests arrived, they found that the inside of the chateau was quite different from the outside exterior. Horowitz took a note from the playbook for the Winchester Mansion and asked that the layouts of each apartment would be unique. 
So apparently there was like the the architects did what was asked of them, but it literally made the chateau into like a labyrinth of doors. That there's just like See, weird little cubby holes and door, different doors. <laughs> See, I know we said that we had to vocalize my facial expressions, so this is one where I'm just like, oh. <laughs> at least there weren't any doors or anything that like t- dropped you Ooh, off of the third story or anything like the uh, Winchester Mansion. Oh but my like, goodness. that would not be a good time. No, like a personal home, great. You can have whatever you want, but in a where in a place where the guests are only there for like a night, they're not going to get used to where a door is going to like literally drop them to their deaths. It's not acceptable in any situation. I don't want my last moments on this earth to be me falling out of some random door. Like I'm just are you sure because I'm a good story. I just need to pee. Let me go. Well, you would have probably peed on your fall, so you're... (laughs) So, the confusion of all these doors turned off some of the early potential renters, but later would be seen as a fun quirk to the building. There was also the issue of the furniture, as pretty much all of the money went towards making the architecture of the building spectacular while wholesaling drab furniture in. Rent was approximately $750 a month at the time for the larger penthouses, but only a few could afford that price, and very few of those few wanted to spend their money on rooms with cheap furniture. <laughs> in hopes of attract- like attracting more renters, this advert was placed in the LA Times. Now open, Chateau Marmont, 8221 Sunset Boulevard, in parentheses, Corner Marmont. Inspection invited. One to six room furnished apartments, including complete 24-hour service. Garage and basement. Large rooms and private balconies. Distinctly furnished and decorated. View of Mount Baldy, Catalina Island, and the lights of the city from private balconies and patios. Finest steel and concrete construction, and in parentheses, class AA. Fire and earthquake proof. Oh, I feel so safe. Right? Was that normal at the time to, like, be able to just move into an apartment or something and have it furnished? Like, so it's not like today where we need to, like, literally drag our entire, like, life with us every time we move. You could just pack a bag and just walk in. So at this, yeah, so, like, at this time, uh, there was a huge spike and, like, people were immediately wanting hotels that basically could then, like, would then be, like, apartments. So, like, you could have somebody who would just come in and stay for a couple years. Or that they would come in and stay for, like, a couple days while they're finding, like, permanent residence somewhere. Um, So we did an episode a little bit ago on the Barbizon Hotel for women um, in New York. And, like, hotels like this were just springing up everywhere in the 1920s. That, yeah, like, it was literally that you could just, it's like a hotel slash apartment. Like, you could decide how long you wanted to stay. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. It's interesting, and it's kind of cool. Like, I wish we had that. (laughs) Now, if you just want to stay at a hotel, you're spending, like, $750 a night. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I would think that if we had the option to do that, to do whole situation today, we would essentially have to give them a kidney a month and, like, rent. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. 
So, only one of the penthouses was rented for the first while. Hollywood director George W. Hill and his wife, Oscar winner Frances Marion, were the ones to take a chance on the suites. They didn't stay for very long, however, and moved into an oceanfront Venice home, where Hill became an alcoholic. Marion left him in 1931, and Hill found himself severely injured in a car accident where he never fully recovered from either his injuries or alcoholism. In 1934, after attending a funeral for one of the actresses in his films, he committed suicide by shooting himself in the head after a few drinks. Well, damn. Yeah. But he was, like, one of the first people to come to the Chateau Marmont. <laughs> That's not an omen at all. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And the Chateau almost had a similar fate, as Horowitz ended up having to sell it in 1932 for $750,000 or approximately $14 million today, to Albert E. Smith. I am. So, Smith was one of the first people to take on Edison's technology to shoot motion pictures, and was one of the first people to set up a studio in Hollywood by 1911. Vitagraph was one of the most successful movie companies, but they had a lot of issues as they fought for the right to shoot and distribute anything with Edison, and all of these, like, upcoming rival studios so hmm. vitagraph was sold to warner bros for about the same price as he purchased the chateau for in 1925 wow so like he knew what he was doing in la like he's pretty good he understands la probably <laughs> and he's got some money he's going places <laughs> yeah so the same year that smith bought the chateau los angeles was holding the summer olympics this event helped gain some no notoriety into the L.A. area, and people started to visit more despite the ongoing Great Depression. Rather than selling the rooms as apartments, he sold the experience as a hotel, and he needed a face that would attract the right clientele. That is where Anne Little enters the story of this famous hotel. She used to be a leading lady in silent films before supporting herself in the real estate industry. Which, I'm like, that's an interesting switch, but okay. It is. So it's Anne Little who we can thank for the furniture upgrades so that guests would feel like they were living in luxury. They kept to the original theme of individuality, though, and each room was furnished with zero resemblance to each other. <laughs> I don't know how you have time to pick out different furniture for every single freaking room. I don't know either, but they, apparently they had that time. I'm having a hard time picking out a couch. Right? <laughs> now you have to, like, pick out, like, full-on furnishings. And, like, the rooms are, like, one to, like, nine, like, up, like rooms in each apartment. Like. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You're, you're doing too much. Yeah. So, in 1933, an earthquake struck Southern California, causing the death of about 120 people and $40 million worth of damage at the time. Chateau Marmont was built to withstand the regular occurrence of earthquakes, and it did so for, like, every single earthquake since. Like, it never got wrecked wow. and stuff, right? So, quickly it kind of became, like, a refuge for people who needed somewhere that they could feel safe. 
Even still, the chateau was fairly quiet compared to the other establishments around it for a good portion of its early years. But it was safe from earthquakes. Like, their advertisement was completely true. They had the receipts. They withstood the earthquakes. Apparently, like... Give them a a triple A instead of a double A. Yeah. Um, like, apparently, if you were in the chateau, like, you barely even knew an earthquake happened. Well, 100 people, like, 120 people died, and $40 million worth of, like, infrastructure damage happened. But if you were- Is that $40 million in today's money, or is that I think that was at their time. So, that's a freaking lot of damage. Yeah. I wonder how much that would be if we adjusted that for inflation. Way too much money to even want to consider- like, we ain't rich. <laughs> I'd like to think that one day we could say that that's pocket change, but the actuality of that happening is just like, no. No. We get taxed too much in this country for that. Yeah. But this is not the information that you're all here for. You want the gossip so you can see what is true and what is false about the happenings inside the chateau. So let's skip forward a bit to an inside source of the gossip in the early years of Hollywood. It's time for tea. (laughs) So, Nelita Chaote Thompson was one of the wealthy inhabitants at the Chateau, whose husband was in the jewelry business and an amateur travel film director. Before her marriage, Nelita was a reporter with the LA Herald, working on local criminal trials and some light feature topics. She continued working as a journalist after her marriage, but used the pseudonym Pauline Payne for a column called The Merry-Go-Round, where she reported on Hollywood social news, which usually stemmed from what she saw throughout the chateau. So, sorry, her last name in the article was Payne? Yeah, P-A-Y-N-E. Oh, okay. Yes. Just just make sure we establish that spelling there. So rather than trying to actually, like, social climb, she literally, like, just simply found the stories to be more interesting than ordinary folk stories and just wanted to report them. So, for an example, she shared Catherine Hepburn's arrival with a suitcase full of men's clothing and an eye patch on. Catherine had gotten injured on her train ride over as well as Mary Astor's arrival by ambulance when she had pneumonia and needed somewhere to recover during a film shoot. Huh. So probably things that they would have rather not be shared to everybody, like... Yeah. But and it's not like, like celebrities don't do that today. Yeah. Wow, look at you, girl. So the first truly famous celebrity to call the Chateau home um, were newlyweds Jean Harlow and Harold Ronson. Ronson was Harlow's third husband. She was 22 years old at their marriage, and they each did have homes in the area, but Harlow wanted somewhere that would be theirs away from her meddling mother who lived in her mansion already. So, yes, 22 years old, and this is her third husband. (laughs) Oh my god. What have we been doing wrong with our lives? I don't know. I'm like, like, I was barely (laughs) dating at 22, I think. Like... (laughs) let alone having three husbands but I'm also not a celebrity that there wasn't like a lineup of men waiting for me or anything I was awkward I had pimples yeah it was was just a phase guys yeah 
So Harlow scoffed at the apartment that Rosin has chosen and refused to move in until major renovations happened. So the decor was blue and beige until it was changed to what staff deemed to be Harlow white and the couple moved in within a week. So basically they had I think Harlow probably would have preferred like the older furniture that was just like randomly sourced and plain because of what they've redone it with. She was like, no, don't like this. I just want it pure white. Thank you. Like it's going to sound horrible, but that's what we're renovating the house. We're doing a lot of white and black. (laughs) Like shit. I mean, like, honestly, to each their own, but, like, I'm just, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, imagining, like, an Ikea room, basically, like, this, like, the pure white Ikea room. I, I, so, the furniture is just regular, like, white Ikea furniture, like, that's what they're trying to go for. Like, your 1940s version of Ikea furniture. Damn it, Jean. Now I gotta go change my color scheme for my house. (laughs) Well, you could go to her, the blue and beige that she did not like. <laughs> Absolutely not. So, the apartment was constantly busy with people coming in and out, like, constantly throughout the days. Like, hairdressers, friends, photographers, masseuses, etc. At night, it was just as busy, but not as widely reported. The master suite had a separate entrance where staff noticed male visitors arriving at the secret door at the oddest hours, and only when Rossin wasn't home. Staff Staff also noticed that the guest bed would only have to be made when Rossin was at the chateau on his own, and that there was a chain that would lock the two bedrooms from the master bedroom side. So I don't even think she was sleeping with her third husband. (laughs) I'm like, she was... why she was on her third husband. I'm like, she was literally, like, locking him out of the master bedroom. Like, you have to sleep in the guest room of this apartment. I have men coming on this side of the door, thanks. (laughs) Like... Oh my god. I can't... I don't... I honestly don't even know what to say to that. Um, so another famous face who graced the halls in the early years, was film heartthrob Humphrey Bogart. He knew of the chateau from visiting some of his friends, like John Barrymore. Yes, Drew Barrymore's grandfather. So it was the place that he decided to move his mother into when she was moving from New York to California after the death of her husband. Mrs. Bogart was a successful artist whose work included the Gerber Baby Food Baby, who was based on Humphrey himself. Oh. Yeah. So that little baby was literally hand-drawn after Humphrey Bogart by his mother. It's so cute. Like, now we have, like, a whole new (laughs) appreciation for Gerber baby food. (laughs) I honestly thought that it was just like, hey, you got a kid? Cool, sit him down. That is so cute. Yeah. Aww. But sadly, in November of 1940, she collapsed in her suite and was rushed to hospital where it was found that she suffered from cancer and fell into a coma, passing away by the end of the month. Like, she had hidden her cancer. She didn't want anybody to know that she was sick. Shit. Yeah. 
That's horrible. So, one of my favorite residents of the time would be Billy Wilder. Wilder wrote a lot of my favorite scripts from the era, like Some Like It Hot, The Seven Year Itch, and Sabrina. Oh. Right? I didn't even know his name. But all of those movies, yeah, they're freaking amazing. Right? I'm like, we got both Marilyn and Audrey, and, like, he got to work with, like, some of, like, the best freaking actresses and actors. Wow. So, because of his love of telling stories, we can't take a lot of his accounts of the events in the Chateau Marmont as credible. One such reason is that he loved to change the stories every time he told them, in whatever way he thought would make it more entertaining for his audience at the time. Wilder came from Europe to the USA in order to get a career in film, and he was known to enjoy female company. One of his supposed lovers was even Hedy Lamarr, who I will be doing a full episode on at some point, so I'm not going to go into her story or anything. But Wilder loved the Chateau, and on his second stay, he arrived without notice. He was told that there were no rooms left, but he was desperate and said he'd sleep in the bathroom if he had to. The manager remembered a small closet that was beside the women's washroom and allowed him to stay in it if he really wanted, as long as he kept it locked so no one would walk in on him thinking it was the washroom. He did so for a few days until a room was vacated and he could move into it. Of course, Wilder would often tell it that he lived inside the women's washroom rather than next to it. I honestly, I was really hoping that you weren't going to say that he was a creep and like, you know, peeking like through. <laughs> no. I'm just like, oh my god, that would have been so creepy. No, he would just tell people that he lived inside the women's washroom when in actuality he was like in a storage closet next to it. What a weirdo. Um, in one of his later films, though, Wilder even wrote the fictional living arrangements after like his favorite rooms in the Chateau of Marmont. Soon the hotel was for sale again, being sold for about half the price that it was sold for a decade ago. A German man decided to buy it from overseas as a good investment, which would become a slight issue as World War II started just after the purchase. So they were not too pleased (laughs) of having a German in their midst. But he was a good boss, so the Americans just watched him warily. At the time, the chateau could be recognized, but people couldn't always recall the name of it. In a way, this was good news, as in the case of a radio personality slash musical lyricist named Man Holiner, who committed suicide inside the hotel. But the hotel was never named in the stories about his death for like a long time. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So, like, it was kind of good that the hotel's like, see, we don't have anybody who committed suicide here, and then we're not even the ones in the paper. Like... We're not named in the paper. So people would be like, oh, we're still good to go to this place. Yeah, it's totally good here. It's not like somebody literally just died on your bed. Yeah. It's totally fine. Yeah. The new ownership, though, was going to make the name known. So more celebrities would come to stay in order to be able to afford the costs of running a business like this. And soon the hotel became the place to be for pretty much anyone who needed to do things without Hollywood's judging eyes on them. It is said that the film studios would tell their talent, cast, or crew to go to the Chateau Marmont for any activities that could ruin their reputations. That basically they're like, if you, like, if you're, like, do not do these things, but if you're going to, go here because you're less likely to get caught. (laughs) By, like, the public and the media. <laughs> so, actually, there is one thing where I don't know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, and this is going to be so weird for everybody. On one of my random binges where I got into the mood of watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which, mind you, is not often, but I very clearly remember an episode where I don't remember which girls exactly, but they got messed, like, dressed up in... Um, know the fake uh like the face patches and stuff like that to make you look like someone else i can't remember what it's called but like the special effects makeup and i could have sworn that at one point of their of their you know tour because i don't know if they were doing like a hollywood tour they jumped out 
because I think they think the paparazzi recognized who they were under all of that special effects make makeup. And I could have sworn that they that was the hotel that they ran into because apparently they have a no paparazzi. I'm not sure for like what the hotel is now because like their website they don't say much about anything on their website. So it's hard to tell for right now. Like, like on their website, it's literally like you can email a, like their restaurant. You can shop for merchandise. You can I want a mug from you, um, or like you can rent your room. But they don't have like any information about like the history of the hotel or their policies or anything like that. Like on their actual website, and I wasn't so... going to go too far into booking a room to check their like to look at some of that stuff because I'm like I don't want to accidentally be spending a shit ton of money right now. <laughs> we don't need to do that. Yeah. But, I mean, most, like, like, it might be that they have, like, a no paparazzi kind of a thing, because I think some of the hotels probably have it for the fact that then they're like, see, look, you can come stay here because we're safe. You can do whatever you need to do. If somebody's listening and they know if that's true, can you please just message us and tell us yeah. how we do? Just hop on our Instagram and please comment to let us know if they actually have a no paparazzi one. Because I actually would be impressed. Yeah. Like, that's actually a good thing to me to have a no paparazzi. And I would really like to know if my memory is as good because I'm pretty sure I was drinking at the time when I was watching that. So I'd like to know if my memory still is good. Yeah. I was having scotch. So, gangsters and Hollywood icons used the hotel's obscurity to their advantage, with the Hollywood icons using it mainly for their infidelity. One good example is Desi Arnaz. He would go stay at the Chateau after pretty much every fight with Lucille Ball, both after and during his multiple affairs. Oh my god. Yeah, so he basically would be like, oh shoot, Lucy found about this, out about this affair, gotta go to the chateau where i can go sleep with the next affair like oh my god because if i'm in the anywhere near the house i'm screwed my goodness so i do want to for sure talk about the role that the chateau marmont had in the film rebel without a cause Longtime listeners will know that i absolutely love james dean and the entire cast of rebel for more about James's life, please feel free to head back to listen to our earlier episode on James Dean and Audrey Hepburn. Our number one cast member for this story, however, is Natalie Woods, along with crew member Nicholas Ray. So, Ray moved into Bungalow 2 at the Chateau after a divorce that found him in court-ordered therapy. He had been accused of violence and being a womanizer along with his alcoholism. Healthy so, combination. Yeah, I'm like, not a good trifecta there, man. <laughs> the industry itself was doing an investigation into communism at, in Hollywood at the same time where Ray's freedom of information files from the investigation are alleged to have a gap in them. So who knows if he's a communist or not, because... <laughs> Gaps are never good. Yeah. Ray was known to also be having trysts with a variety of well-known actresses, including Marilyn Monroe, her roommate Shelley Winters, Joan Crawford, Oof. and Zaza Gabor. Oof. 
And he was having the affairs with, like, Marilyn and her roommate, like, at the same time. That it was basically oh. almost even probably, like, a threesome, most likely, from what I had read about his affairs. Oof. Chateau. One Mont- hell of a threesome. Right. Can we just, I mean, uh, let's just take a moment to say, like, dude. <laughs> yeah. I freaking five, like. <laughs> So the chateau is where Ray literally ended up holding his headquarters for Rebel Without a Cause as well. It's rumored that James Dean showed up for his first meeting with Ray by entering through the balcony window rather than the front door. Why? I think to, like, be in character. So just like, look, I'm the bad boy. I'm just going to leap onto the balcony. But, like... no one can confirm that rumor, so it's most likely not true. But we do know one disturbing detail for certain. 16-year-old Natalie Woods was having an affair with Ray, who was 27 years her senior. Ooh. This is happening at the same time as her relationship with Rebel co-star Dennis Hopper, who was much closer in age to her. Dennis um, played Goon in the film, one of the blonde boys in the gang that goes after the main characters of the car chicken race. Oh, yeah. Ray was also still sleeping with his variety of actresses mentioned a moment ago as well. So he's sleeping with, like, Marilyn Monroe, like, actresses more his age, and then a 16-year-old. Oh, I don't like this. So, like, I'm wondering if there was some abuse there. Like, if, like, not, like, that, like, not that she wasn't, like, fully giving consent, but that uh-huh. he probably, like, I'm wondering if he would have manipulated her into consent, which to me is still majorly abusive. Yeah. Right. But then again, I mean, we do talk about how a lot of, I mean, I, we don't know if this still happens now, but yeah. we have obviously in the past couple of years heard about, People who were essentially forced to give consent to, you know, put out in order to get a role. Yeah. Well, just, like, in order to have a good time on set and not be, like, harassed on set and stuff, right? Oh, I don't feel good. Yeah. But, Steph, I know that there was one celebrity who died at the Chateau that you immediately latched onto when I mentioned the topic. Did you yes. want to talk about him and what happened? Like, all I know is that his death is what really put the hotel's name on people's lips and, like, skyrocketed it into public consciousness, so. Yes, I am so happy. Thank you for letting me talk about him, because he actually happens to be one of my favorite actors of all time, and I think he's amazing. So, John Belushi is a very well-known actor, comedian, and musician, Um, He's actually one of the original seven cast members of SNL, and he's appeared in a few cult classics that we might have heard of, like National Lampoon's Animal House, The Blues Brothers, and Neighbors. Throughout his career, though, uh, Belushi had struggled with drug abuse, and that actually got him kicked off of SNL quite a few times. Then he would be forced to get clean so that he can go back on the show. According to Rolling Stones, he had actually rented a bungalow at the Marymount, and at that point in time, it was $200 a day. Oh, jeez. Yeah. 
I mean, that's kind of like what our hotel rates are like now, so. Yeah. Um, So on March 5th, 1982, Belushi's trainer and um, bodyguard, Bill Wallace, arrived at the bungalow around noon. And he uh, got, he arrived to deliver a typewriter and a cassette recorder that Belushi had requested. When he opened the door, he found Belushi on the floor dead. Mm. So while this was going on, there was a woman who was being arrested on Sunset by the name of Kathy Smith, who just so happened to be Belushi's drug dealer. So turns out that she was with Belushi in the early morning hours of the day and um, they got high. She saw him on the floor. She panicked and she took his uh, rented Mercedes and drove the wrong way on the one way exit for the chateau and was stopped by the LAPD on sunset. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So according Listen to John's to us, autopsy- don't <laughs> get high and then try to drive because then you're going to get caught. Yeah, and don't take somebody else's car. Drive your own fucking car. Did she even have her own car? Or did she go with him? Like, I, mean, I would, I would hope that she. I, would, I can't even say she hoped, but I would think that maybe she met him. I mean, there, she's the one bringing the drugs. But um, according to Belushi's autopsy report, he died. He died from a lethal combination of drugs, um, which was a combination of cocaine and heroin, which is commonly known as a speedball. Um, so at the time of his death, he was 33 years old. And, um, yeah, also what I failed to mention, he's actually very, he was very close friends with Dan Aykroyd, who originally, um, if you've, for all of you who have watched Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters, Bill Murray's character was actually written for Belushi. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that's uh, There cool. was... Yeah, there was a documentary from a few years ago uh, called Last 24. And they went um, and they interviewed people uh, that were connected to famous actors and stuff like that. I do recall an episode about River Phoenix that they did. Okay. Um, But there was one that they did with Belushi and they actually interviewed Dan Aykroyd. And he had mentioned that. That's actually how I learned it. He mentioned it in the interview. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, that's. I don't even really remember, like, Belushi's comedy style and stuff. Like, did he and Bill Murray have, like, a similar comedy style? Or was, like, that character then, like, completely different than what it would have been if it was Belushi? It's very different. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like, I mean, Bill Murray kind of has that whole, kind of like a dry. A, but like a very yeah. dry sarcastic sort of humor whereas like Belushi's just like hey how you doing <laughs> okay gotcha because I'm like yeah. yeah I'm like I don't know as much about like John Belushi and stuff like I didn't get into SNL and like mm-hmm. comedy until like more recently <laughs> yeah. so like, to me I'm like Kate McKinnon <laughs> that's SNL to me <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's that's John Belushi that's the only thing I knew about this place <laughs> Well, because so much has happened at this hotel, I'm just going to kind of do, like, a quick rapid-fire list of some of the other crazy stuff that I'm, like, I'm pretty sure people are going to be interested in. 
mainly because if we went through each thing, it would take us hours. And I'm pretty sure that no one wants to listen to that when there's so many other things that we could be talking about in future episodes. Um, But there is one incident that I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into, so I'm going to share it last. Okay, so F. Scott Fitzgerald had a heart attack in the hotel, which is false, because it actually happened across the street. But it's a widely spread rumor that he had a heart attack in the hotel, which he did not. It was literally, like, across the street in, like, the soda shop. It's the closest landmark we have. That's what we're going based off. Yeah, apparently. Jimmy Morrison would swing from the rafters and balconies and pipes, once almost falling to his death from the roof, but walked away fine. I would say he probably did swing from shit, but I'm not sure if it was as frequent and, like, as deadly as this rumor makes it seem. Led Zeppelin members would drive their motorcycles through the lobby in the 60s. I'm not sure that staff would have actually really allowed that, but honestly, like, who knows anymore with, like, the crap that celebrities were into in, like, the 90s. So, like, I'm not... In the 60s, I wouldn't see it happening. In the 60s, very, like, free love. Yeah, but I don't think I would see them, like... I could see them then, like, having, like, a powwow in the lobby, but not driving their motorcycles through. (laughs) Zeppelin's not there for powwows. No, I know. But like having like your drug, like doing like your drugs or whatever in the lobby, I could see that. Yeah. But like driving your motorcycle through, like what's the point? Stuffing um, the floors, right? Or the carpet or whatever it was. So Helmut Newton, a photographer, crashed his car into a wall and was killed in 2004. This is unfortunately true. He had escaped Nazi Germany slash Poland and made a life for himself in Australia and all over Europe before moving to America. He used to spend every winter in the Chateau, and on the fateful day of his death, he had a heart attack at the wheel at the age of 83. Rumors say that Benicio del Toro and Scarlett Johansson hooked up in the elevator the night before the 2004 Oscars. Wow. Fun fact, she did date Jack Antonoff of now Taylor Swift fame from 2000 to 2002. Which one's that? Um, he is the one who's now like doing a lot of like the writing and music with Taylor for like her newer albums. I, I, it's going to sound horrible, but I'm not a, really a big Taylor <gasps> Swift fan. <laughs> Sorry, I'm more like Black Sabbath. No worries. It's fine. <laughs> but the fans will know what I mean when I say that he is now of Taylor Swift fame. I thought, I, I thought like, what you were saying was, like, he's, like, dating her or something. No, you're they're... Like, oh, that's nice. No, they're friends, but... It's a fun fact! So, <laughs> Sorry. Scarlett would have been 19 or 20 years old at the time of the Del Toro rumor, with Del Toro around the age of 37. So another of those, like, a little bit creepy, not so great of an age difference, if it's true. Nobody knows if it's true or not. There's no receipts for that one. And apparently Scarlet. no elevator footage. Um, Scarlett, if you ever happen to hear this, could you please message us on Instagram to let us know? Yeah, please confirm or deny if you hooked up with Del Toro in the elevator. 
Britney Spears is said to have had part of her pelvic meltdown at the hotel, being banned for disturbing guests who were dining there because she had food all over her face. I'm not sure if that would have really been enough to, like, ban her with all the other shit that apparently went down in this hotel, but okay. Was before? Was this before or after the hair? I'm not sure. It didn't have, like, dates. Like, I couldn't find, like, exact oh. dates. It just said that she had been banned because she had food all over her face and guests were like, this is just a disgrace. <laughs> I feel like this is before the hair. Probably. I'd really hope that it's before the I hair. Think, <laughs> I think after the hair was when she was, like, then, like, really like, taken into custody and, like, put into rehab and stuff. So this is probably, yeah. like, just before, maybe. So, last but not least, Lindsay Lohan also had some of her meltdowns at the Chateau, starting with her first drunk driving scandal. Later, Later, she ended up being banned from the establishment in full as she purportedly racked up a massive bill while living in Suite 33. So yes, you can now go to the chateau and try to book a room in Suite 33 if you would like. Just maybe don't get a bill that is approximately $47,000 on cigarettes, phone chargers, and magazine subscriptions. And I believe that the magazine was supposed to be Architectural Digest. Like, this is the most random magazine that I can think of that Lindsay Lohan was getting while having her, like, mental breakdowns and needing help. I mean, I kind of get it because when I'm sad, I do look at, like, the Ikea websites. (laughs) Because I'm just like, this is what I wish that my life, I wish that my life looked as put together as this, like, Schnickle frickle <laughs> desk. <laughs> I mean, fair. <laughs> like, I mean, the offices look immaculate. Um, <laughs> well, she might have needed to look at the IKEA catalogs because she also is reported to have done at least twenty thousand dollars worth of damage to the property. Oh shit! <laughs> so, like, I, I have nothing back. against Lohan, but honestly, that seems more like the correct reason for banning someone than the fact that they had food all over their face. I still love you, Lindsay, but like... <laughs> oh my god, I'm like tearing up. I've ma- <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> so, I was curious and did some research on the Chateau today. They seem to be covering up a lot of like their celebrity mishaps and scandals pretty well. But if you wanted to stay as a regular old hotel guest, it looks like the cheapest room price per evening, like so like for like this month, like for February and March tech kind of a thing, the cheapest room price per evening is $495 USD, with weekends getting up to about $1,015 a night USD. Absolutely not. The rooms actually do kind of look quite nice, with a garden cottage being about $12,000 a night over the weekend or $800 for the weekdays. Absolutely not. I would rather stay in an Airbnb. (laughs) But even with your basic guest room at the $495 a night, you can get hotel staff to pack and unpack for you if you so choose for free. Like, they will, for free. Sign me up for a room. (laughs) Just, like, pack you up and unpack you, like, (laughs) 
Their amenities seem great. Oh my god. Do I, I at least get to take the shampoo? Or is that like... Who knows? I <laughs> It may be like one of those like secret costs. <laughs> that like oh once god. you take the shampoo, then they like check and like... Like, you know, like, how with, like, hotel rooms, like, when they have, like, the tea and hot chocolates and stuff? I am never, I I don't even take it anymore because I'm, like, I don't know if they're going to, like, just charge you afterwards or not. Like, like some do, some don't, and they don't usually tell you if they do or don't (laughs) until, like, you're checking out and then they've done, like, a room check. I'm staying in an Airbnb. Or, you know what, I'm just not going to go anywhere at this point. Honestly, I like a good old bed and breakfast. Like, some of the, I've stayed at some of the best bed and breakfasts where, like, the people who run them are so nice and, like, welcoming. Yeah. And then you, did you just feel like you're with family? Right? Like, it's, oh, it's, 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 it's nice. I actually stayed I at one. I wonder if find one in Scotland. Oh, probably. Oh, There's probably so tons nice. of them in Scotland. That'd be so nice. Like, I actually stayed at one where the husband... Um, used to be like a chef, chef, like a Michelin star chef, and he and he was German, and he made the best potato pancakes for the morning. I'm just like I am in heaven right now. But like my problem was I like, was such a big plate that I was like yeah. I can't finish this all myself. But I'm like this is like so yummy. I want to finish it. It's just way too big of a serving. Oh, but like beautiful place. I would die if I can get some. If I can get to one, I'm gonna check Airbnb when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you want to, you can actually see photos of their celebrity guests. Because you can actually, so if you follow the Chateau Marmont on Instagram, you can see a photo of Haley, of like Haley Bieber, and they actually tell you like she staying, like she was staying in this room when this photo was taken. <laughs> They have their own Instagram account. Yes, and they will actually, like, share photos of the celebrities in their rooms that they're staying in. Oh, wow. I'm going to have one hell of a time tonight. Yeah. Like, because I noticed it because I saw, like, because um, they did a post about James Dean and his stay, like, during the filming of Rebel. But forgot to mention Nicholas Ray's constant stream of women, including the underage ones. Um, oh but, God. like... It, like you could see like a picture of like Haley like laying on the couch as they're like Haley Bieber's and they actually gave like the room number that she was in. I'm like, isn't that kind of like a breach of like privacy yeah. to be like she was in this room? Oh my god. Oh, like in a I'm way, so I'm not surprised, but I also. I'm like, I would love to see, like, a hotel or organization take some credit for some of their mistakes. So, like, in that yeah. picture of, like, James Dean saying, like, oh, yeah, and <laughs> Nicholas Ray was sleeping with underage women <laughs> here as well. And this person was here. <laughs> like, take credit for it. And be like, look, we're doing better. We don't allow them to have underage women. <laughs> I highly doubt they would ever do that. Unless there's, like, a descendant of Natalie Wood that's going to be like, haha, this is what she did. But at this point, he's dead. What are you going to do? Go after his nephew? Yeah. And that sucks. But I mean, it's kind right? of like the Shining Hotel where they, yeah. they don't want, like, where they're like, we're re- rebranding. There's nothing haunted about us. Where it's like, yeah, but that's going to bring you people in. <laughs> like, 
That's honestly the only reason why I would go. Right? I mean, yeah, it's great that you have this hotel that has had all of these amazing Hollywood actors and stuff who have stayed there, but I would understand. I, I, I'm, this is going to sound horrible, but I do understand where they're coming from and to not talk about it. But at the same time, it's just they're things that should, I agree with you, they should be talked about. Yeah. I was like, how are we going to learn from those mistakes if we don't know that they happened? There's a lot of things that we should know. Yeah. But that's it for this week. So please join me in a huge thank you to our guest, Stephanie, from the Historia podcast. Thank you guys for having me. Where can people find you if they want to check out the podcast and like your social medias and stuff? Uh, so I am on his on uh, Instagram as the Historia Podcast, and I also have my Facebook page as well. And the podcast is available on Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major streaming platforms. And um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm also going to be joining Steph for a couple episodes of her podcast in the near future. So make sure to keep an eye out on the Lit Story Podcast IG page where I'll share updates and you can come listen to us there as well. And I'm sure we'll also be having Steph on this podcast again in the near future too. Hey, I can't wait. (laughs) With that said, please do all the things with the likes, subscribes, rates, reviews, and check out our membership page on Buy Me A Coffee. The link is in the show notes. Until next time, stay on the weird side of history. Bye, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping 
and 365 day returns. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that you found something new and will check out the resources in the show notes to get more information. In the meantime, I would really appreciate it if you could rate and review on your favorite podcast platform so more history nerds can find me. Don't forget to check out our Instagram page at WDYKA Podcast, as well as considering helping me out with a donation or membership on Buy Me a Coffee. The link is in the show notes and on our IG link tree. Thanks so much, and see you next time on the lesser known side of history. <laughs>